1: Welcome to Life & Art from FT Weekend. I'm Lila Raptopoulos, and this is our Friday Chat Show. Sunday is the Super Bowl. It is America's most-watched thing on TV, period, by far. It gets over 100 million American views and more than another 50 million from around the world. And today we decided to take it on as a cultural event to discuss... If you don't follow American football, then don't be alarmed. I barely follow American football. But we've basically set this up so you can go into this Sunday's game ready to take it in. We'll tell you a little bit about football, but we'll also have you ready for the team drama, the snacks, and the halftime show. This year, the big game is between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers, and the halftime performer is Usher. And let's get into it. I'm Lila Raptopoulos, and I'm a Hail Mary on the last play. (laughs) I think you are, Lila. Thank you. Joining me in New York is Sarah Germano, the FT's U.S. sports business correspondent and our number one draft pick. Thank you. (laughs) Nice to have you here. Amazing. Also with us in the studio is Janet Jackson's two-second delay, (laughs) (laughs) our Wall Street editor, Sajid Indap. Welcome, Sajid. Great to be here. Great to have you. I'm so excited you both are here. And before we get into it, I wanted to ask both of you just to put forward a case for the Super Bowl. Um, For listeners who don't care about sports or who are coming into this from Europe and don't normally watch American football, what would they get out of watching this game, Sarah?
0: I would say that viewing the Super Bowl is an opportunity to see the most distilled, purest, comprehensive understanding of American culture, everything from (laughs) sport to commerce to entertainment to patriotism. It is the one thing in these divided times that unites this country the most. And wow. if you wanted to understand the United States, you probably couldn't do better than watching four hours of the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. It's the one sports game I watch.
0: That's true for a lot of people. Like, yeah. You don't actually need to know much about the sport itself to mm-hmm. enjoy the Super Bowl. I would say most of those, you know, 112 million people who are watching don't know the finer points of a touchback or, right, you know, a safety or any of the other football rules. Yeah. And just
2: along those lines, my mother, who is an immigrant to this country, uh, has been going to and is going to this weekend uh, a Super Bowl party, which she has been the same one she's been
1: going to for, <laughs> for 40
2: years. She was sending me photos of the food she's taking and there'll be, you know, 50 to 100 Indian uh, American immigrants in this one house watching a sport, which they otherwise, you know, wouldn't necessarily follow that closely. But it is for them a, a time for gathering. and
1: Yeah. And um, eating seven layer dip. Seven And uh, drinking beers. Beer, wine. You can
0: make anything that you want, like (laughs) nachos, candy, wings. Wings. Wings are a big one. What a
1: dream. Okay, so let's talk about this year's game. Can you both set the scene? Who are the teams this year? Why do they matter? How do people feel about these two teams playing each other? Are they disappointed? Are they excited? Mm. Um. Yeah.
0: I guess we'll start with the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. And we're going to get into this, but they are the non-Taylor Swift team. (laughs) There's a Taylor Swift team and there's a non-Taylor Swift team. The San Francisco 49ers are a historic franchise. They are one of the pillars of, like, NFL culture going back decades. Mm -hmm. They had a dynastic team in the 1980s led by Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. They won four Super Bowls, Mm -hmm. like— They were it. They were the man. Their last Super Bowl came in 1994.
1: Yeah, you mean the last Super Bowl win. So it's been a while. It's been a while.
0: And in fact, this year's game is a rematch of the Super Bowl in 2020. So these two teams faced each other not long ago. Right. And the Chiefs won. Right. um, Which adds another element of drama. The 49ers are led by another very young, very talented quarterback in Brock Purdy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of a redemption arc for them, coming back to the Super Bowl, trying to reestablish the 49ers as a
1: legacy powerhouse-type team. Cool. All right, great. And what about the Chiefs?
2: Yeah, so uh, the Chiefs uh, are— Famous this year for, uh, obviously, this Taylor Swift-Travis-Kelsey storyline. But if we rewind three months before that, the most famous chief by far was uh, their hot young quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, who's now been in the league for six or seven years. And every year he's been the starter for the team, the main quarterback. They've at least reached the conference championship game. And uh, now this is uh, his chance to win a third Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Uh, Handsome
1: man. Handsome man. Is that right?
2: (laughs) uh, uh, Is that right? He's actually uh, he's quite charismatic. He's uh, on TV all the time doing ads for insurance, uh, and he's like quite funny and charming right. uh, and uh, and glib. So he's great. He's a great kind of uh, front uh, for the NFL. Mm-hmm. And there is a view out there that he is soon to be considered the so-called GOAT uh, right. player, the greatest of all time. Even though he's not even thirty yet, uh, that in fact uh, his greatness will uh, exceed the incumbent Tom Brady's uh, soon. So uh, so this uh, there is a lot on the line in this game right. uh, for him personally.
1: Right. So I've heard from some football people in my life <laughs> 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 that like people are kind of like eh, not that excited about this game because the Chiefs have been winning a lot and San Francisco like they've been good. I don't know that it's like not as exciting a game as it could have been.
0: I think some of that has to do with who they beat to get to the Super Bowl. And in the 49ers case, they beat the Detroit Lions. There was a huge sort of undercurrent, underdog support for the Lions. They've never been in a Super Bowl.
1: Detroit's a city that sort of America wants to win in some ways. Completely. They're like they're emblematic of the resurgence of Detroit after their bankruptcy
0: 10 years ago. They have this really charismatic kind of aggressive coach Um, Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of like grassroots support for Detroit so I think some of the dissatisfaction you're speaking to is not so much dissatisfaction with the 49ers as much as people were rooting for some other teams to get to the Super Bowl
1: okay now I'd like to ask you to give us the gossip so there's a lot of talk around the Super Bowl game about Taylor Swift.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe you've heard of her.
1: Maybe you've heard of her and uh, how she's kind of winning America somehow this year. And uh, that includes the relationship with her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, who is the, you can say Tight end. Tight end of the Chiefs. Yes. <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about why this matters, why this matters about him, what the gossip is? There's a conspiracy. What's going on?
0: Where do we begin? I guess if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably gleaned that she's dating a very famous American football player mm-hmm. who is now playing in the Super Bowl. This became an almost unavoidable American cultural phenomenon <laughs> over the past, what it's been like four or five months mm-hmm. since they started dating. She goes to each of their games. The TV cuts away to her in the box, cheering him on. There becomes all of this wider discussion because there is already like a very high um, volume of sports talk around football. And Mm -hmm. then you add to that the biggest pop star in the world is going to every game. People have all kinds of feelings, pro and con, for her presence. And this is culminating with Travis and the Chiefs. Earning a birth to the Super Bowl, and the expectation is that she's going to join them.
1: Right. What's the conspiracy?
2: Well, Sarah and I have talked about this a lot, but uh, (laughs) Taylor Swift, obviously a megastar, has been. That star has only been rising. But it seems to be concentrated amongst, say, women, whether teenagers or uh, millennials. But now we've combined that force— which is just massive, right? Right. Uh, just a, a franchise and a personality and persona, like in her own stratosphere, basically. Uh-huh. With maybe the one thing that is only bigger than her in American culture, which is the NFL football. <laughs> right. And even if it may seem like it's been like a uh, created some sort of publicity stunt, as far as we can tell, it seems sincere. And they're both generally extremely likable people. Yeah. But in fact, that we can't just we can't have nice things, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: right. And the NFL wants women, right? Yeah. And so yeah.
0: Can I actually make a like a contra- like an opinion point on that? Of course. Which is, you know, look, Taylor's a phenomenal pop star. Right. Millions, billions of people love her music. She's lifting economies around the world just by <laughs> playing concerts. Right. She can do whatever she wants. She can date whoever she wants. Right. That said, <laughs> if you're the NFL. Or any sports league, mm-hmm. your business strategy cannot be have a pop star date one of our players <laughs> to get millions of women viewers. You should be doing something more than that. Right. Like it was all she had to do was turn up to a couple of the Chiefs games. And suddenly you've got tens of millions of women tuning in, logging on to Reddit, figuring out, you know, what like what's that? Play action fade. Yeah, play action fade yeah, or, or just any any sort of like football analytics. Oh, they're, they're doing like this now. Football
1: analytics. You know, like.
0: Yeah owners and league commissioners need to be doing more to yeah. actually cater to
2: these audiences.
1: Yeah. This and is not sustainable.
2: The, the thing that is, and there is, uh, we should talk about this, there is discomfort around the NFL as an institution, yeah. even with its popularity. And in fact, that popularity has been able to insulate it from like real kind of scrutiny. And so the NFL obviously is an extremely violent sport, particularly uh, around head injuries. And that's been a controversy now for several years. Uh, The owners themselves are all billionaires and often involved in conservative politics. And in fact, you've got a sport which is 70% black. uh, But in fact, the, uh, the ownership and the coaching ranks are dominated by uh, white wealthy figures, uh, and that conflict and incongruences mm-hmm. and uh, an overhang, and so the NFL very much tries to wrap itself up uh, in the flag and patriotism and how Taylor Swift uh, <laughs> right, as, a is way to, as a way to as a way to avoid kind of real scrutiny. There's enormous cognitive dissonance uh, if you're a fan of the sport, and the Taylor Swift angle may be a feel good story, but I think it only adds to that cognitive dissonance.
1: Okay, so the other thing that I've been thinking about with the Super Bowl is it's also like, as you were saying, it's we're working out a relationship to a number of things through it because it's maybe because it's the one thing that everybody watches. So like the Super Bowl also feels sort of political and there's like a racial element. It feels sort of like whatever is happening in the moment is also sort of like happening within the four hour confines of the Super Bowl. Do I have that right? Like, what is that about? I think you have to understand it as a TV event. Once you had tens
0: of millions of people invested in this football game, then the networks realized, okay, this is a like this is the most watched program, we can sell extremely expensive mm-hmm. ads around the game. Mm-hmm. The ads themselves became these mini films with like A-list stars, mm-hmm. elaborate plots, funny talking babies, like you name it. And then, you know, you pan out from there and you instill the we're gonna do um, the presidential interview right before kickoff yeah. Yeah, because there sense. are so many eyeballs.
1: OK, let's talk about some of the sort of like uh, some of those moments, like the ads got big. The the halftime show got big. Whoever sang the national anthem became a big deal. Uh, what are some of the most memorable moments for you two from the Super Bowl? I will start. The Britney Spears Pepsi ad was a real big deal for me. And uh,
0: <laughs> do you want to expand on that? I want to hear your thoughts.
1: Uh, yeah, it was in 2001. Britney Spears held what I feel the position Taylor Swift holds now. She was in her prime. She was still an incredible dancer. She didn't have a halftime show, but she had this Pepsi ad where she basically was synchronized dancing in a crop top in what I believe was a Pepsi warehouse with all of her dancers. And I don't know why that ad was so important back then, but it stuck in my mind. I feel like it lives on in my memory as a piece of culture from that time that completely exemplifies that time.
0: Personally, for me, like the top moment, like if I ever ran for president, I would be a single issue candidate and the issue would be constitutional amendment to make the Whitney Houston national anthem from the 1991 Super Bowl, the only national anthem. Like that is America at its peak, basically. (laughs)
2: So the halftime shows, I think, uh, have been iconic now for a long time. There's a very famous one of Prince in the rain, uh, mm-hmm. which people cite as the the best one. Uh, but the run of late has been really good. The Shakira yes. and J Lo from a couple of years ago was awesome. It was I thought Katy Perry was awesome. Uh, they're all songs of my youth-ish, and they're all. Yeah.
1: As we were brainstorming about this, I was thinking, oh, I remember that the halftime shows back in the day were something much bigger and better than they are now. And I was thinking about the Justin and Janet Jackson and the sort of notorious um, breast reveal, among other things. They were just like very... big stories and then i thought actually no they've been big stories since you're right JLo and shakira was awesome katy perry did the thing with the baby with the sharks on stage and mm-hmm. then that became a whole meme about these like ridiculous baby sharks that everyone seems to remember rihanna that was last year
0: rihanna just walking l- around it.
1: pregnant she didn't even need to try and she nailed it i was blown away by rihanna <laughs> rihanna was good And looking forward to this weekend, our halftime show is Usher. What do we think? Do we love Usher? Are we tired of Usher?
0: I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, he has so many bops. Yeah, totally. It's, like to your question, like is this a good show worth looking forward to? The ingredients for a good show is someone who has like a really deep oeuvre, like right. a, like just a catalog
1: of really good hits right like as you're watching you think oh yeah that one." Oh, you remind me oh Confessions too. Uh, Sajit what do you think do you agree
2: absolutely if you're uh, of a certain age uh, Usher's, <laughs> uh, Usher definitely speaks to you uh, and he's an incredible performer too a great dancer so it's definitely something I'm excited about
1: yeah me too there will be a lot of gyrating I really appreciate Usher's use of gyration yeah he's I want to see what ab hits.
0: workouts he's been doing I know good
1: for him So for the last section, I kind of want to, I'm curious from both of you about sort of what the future of the Super Bowl is, like the role that it plays now and what's what people are worried about is going to happen to it. What do people think is going to happen to it? Is it the most important cultural event in America? Is it still? And uh, where is it going?
2: Well, the second most watched television event traditionally until recently has been the Academy Awards, Mm -hmm. Uh, and that has faded as a cultural uh, glue, if you will, Uh, and you wonder, could that ever spill over to the NFL, which is still dominant and there's no real signs of cracking, but uh, just the worry about a monoculture fading. Uh, Do young people want to sit down in front of a television? There was a question this week, will the NFL uh, ever put the Super Bowl strictly on streaming? Mm -hmm. Uh, Every empire has eventually been defeated and uh, the NFL is the last one standing right now.
1: Do you think that they have to worry or no?
0: I think like just to underline a point we've made several times Mm -hmm. on this podcast is like the NFL is television. The entire (laughs) television industry and the NFL are tightly woven. Right. If the NFL ever decided and they are so powerful that they could mm-hmm. to say we're just going to take the Super Bowl and put it on, you know, Peacock or Apple or right. name your streaming service, the linear television industry as you know it would just crumble. Yeah. And that is a industry worry that pretty much everyone is uh, constantly thinking about and talking about not only the distributors but the advertisers, the tech platforms that are creating these, these yeah. streaming platforms. Like this is central to that entire industry.
1: Yeah,
2: right. And so, ten years ago, Mark Cuban, who's the famous NBA owner, he owns the Dallas Mavericks. Not yeah, anymore. He just sold them. Yes, uh, <laughs> he said the NFL's biggest risk that would be that it would get too greedy. Mm. And in fact, what's happened since is that the NFL has added another game to the regular season. Mm -hmm. Again, very violent sport. The violence uh, and the injuries to quarterbacks in particular have only increased. The owners are getting quite rich in the short term. But when you had an abbreviated schedule, every game mattered. It was an appointment. Uh, So uh, it'll be very interesting to see is there a way that they just bite
1: off too much. And what would happen if they bit off too much? There's already a concern about the
0: pipeline of talent going into football. Like not a lot of parents want to have their children play football because it can lead to injuries or violence. Um, So there's that concern about the talent pipeline going into football. A lot of people can't stay healthy for that long with the amount of violence like endemic to the game.
1: Yeah. Thank you both so much. My very last question is, what's your dream scenario for this Sunday? What do you want to see this Sunday?
0: Hmm. As an individual viewer and as a sports writer, I want to see a good game. Mm -hmm. As a person, my mother for her whole life has been a diehard um, San Francisco 49ers fan. (laughs) So I want to see her happy.
2: And I want a rocking Usher show to remind me of being younger 20 years ago and hearing yeah. Uh, And then uh, a game uh, where it comes down to the last possession. One of these great quarterbacks is driving down the field and someone's got to make one great play to save the game or win the game. And that will lead to uh, an incredible conversation in the next day.
1: I love that. I have one, I just realized. This isn't maybe the right take, but I just don't want the Chiefs to win. It just feels like too much for Taylor Swift.
0: She has enough. Like, I wish her well. I hope she's happy. Like, if she's found true love, great for her. I hope she has a fun time at the game and she doesn't have <laughs> jet lag. But I, don't, I think there's a non-zero segment of America that agrees with you, Lila. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Thank you both. That was amazing. We will be back in just a moment for More or Less.
0: The 2024 U.S. presidential election is in full swing, and I'm not going to lie, it's a lot. To help you make sense of the information overload, we're launching a new U.S. politics show. It's called Swamp Notes from the FT News Briefing, and it's hosted by me, Mark Filipino. Tune in every Saturday morning for insights from FT journalists and a global perspective on the election. Listen to Swamp Notes by following the FT News Briefing wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back for More or Less, the part of the show where each guest says something they want more of or less of culturally. Sarah, what do you have?
0: So I, like most people in media, was just like scrolling through Twitter <laughs> and just X. stump. X. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's fine. I'm, I'm okay. so old. Um, I discovered that there is this Brooklyn-based house music group called Book Club Radio.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they recently did a house remix of Creed's One Last Breath. <laughs> and it might be the best thing I've heard in ages. Honestly, I wouldn't even describe myself as a Creed fan. But I think we need more Creed house music remixes. Shout, wow. out, shout out to Book Club Radio.
1: what about you
2: yeah we're obviously all in the news media and it's been a rough few weeks in this industry yeah uh and even at the super bowl the commissioner of the most powerful sports league tried to dodge the media uh and so i am hoping for uh more independent adversarial critical news out there yeah Uh, again this i think goes back to this theme of this uh the show that The Super Bowl and many other things in this world are just very programmed now, Mm -hmm. and we need more authenticity on so many levels. And that starts with, like, people out there asking tough questions, even if it's not the greatest business model in the world. It's important.
1: It's important. Yeah, that was great. Wow, you both really showed up. Thank you. Uh, I want more funny novels. It feels so light after (laughs) your— Um, But I'm reading this novel, Come and Get It, by Kylie Reid. And I'm about 100 pages in, and I've been laughing out loud a lot. Like, There's a couple characters that are genuinely funny, and I realize that there aren't a lot of novels that make you laugh out loud, and uh, there should be.
2: Do you laugh on the subway when you're reading it, or in a park, or in public? Yeah, I do.
1: I sure do. Good for you. Thanks. (laughs) More books, more
0: accountability reporting, more house remixes. I think we got a good set.
1: We got it. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, Sajit, this was incredible. Thank you both so much for being on the show.
0: Thanks for having us.
2: Super fun. Thank you.
1: That's the show. Thank you for listening to Life & Art from FT Weekend. Take a read through the show notes. We have linked to everything mentioned as well as to some of Sarah's U.S. sports reporting, which is excellent. Sajit is also a great follow on Twitter or X during sports games. Also on the show is a subscription to the Financial Times and ways to stay in touch with me and with the show on email and on Instagram. I'm very responsive and love hearing from you. I'm Lila Raptopoulos and here is my talented team. Katya Kamkova is our senior producer. Lulu Smith is our producer. Our sound engineers are Breen Turner and Sam Javinko with original music by Metaphor Music. Topher Forges is our executive producer, and our global head of audio is Cheryl Brumley. Have a wonderful Super Bowl, and we'll find each other again on Monday.